So today, we're going to continue with how high is free, but dealing with the resurrection. Um, I wanted to bring a lot of this into the end of the message, but since it fell right on this Resurrection Sunday, I was like, well, we're going to have to do it now, and then we'll work our way to it again if we need to. But uh, I want to start by making the decree, which I started kind of in the prayer. The cross is the foundation for everything we believe. And sometimes we can get so caught up in believing God for things and God for healing and God for blessings and God for, you know, working out our situations and all this kind of stuff, which is phenomenal. But I think sometimes we can kind of stray away from the fact that if it wasn't for the cross, none of this would exist. If, if it wasn't for the crucifixion, the death, the burial, the resurrection, um, we wouldn't have a right to ask for any of these things. Now, I'm going to walk through, and it's something different for me because I usually don't do Easter, quote unquote, messages. But the Lord spoke to my heart about it and began to show me about, you know, don't forget the cross. Mm. Don't forget the cross, son. Tell him not to forget the cross. And so I want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it from the, and they beat him this many times and they ripped the skin off and all the blood oozed out. And, you know, I don't want to talk about it from that perspective that perspective. So if you would be so kind, we're going to get started. And I want you to go to John chapter 11 with me. And we're going to start there. Now, where I'm going to go is probably different from what you may, where you may expect me to go with this. But, uh, it definitely has its reason. So at John, in John chapter 11, we know the situation. Um, this is the place where um, Lazarus has his name skipped. I lost the name for a minute. Lazarus was sick to, and dying. And they sent for Jesus. And Jesus did arrive, but not when they would have liked him to. And um, this story is very, very interesting because this, according to the scripture, this Lazarus was a friend of Jesus and his sisters were there. And they, he hung out in the house, you know, he had to tell one sister, she's doing the right thing, stop bugging her while the other one was running around doing everything she wanted to do. Won't get into all of that because that be can become a message in itself. But they send to him and let him know that this friend of his is, is near death and that he should come. And he says, okay. And he starts heading that direction. Now, if you remember the story, on his way, the woman with the issue of blood shows up, right? And... Um, The different, the different stories tell it like uh, 
the woman with the issue of blood, if I'm getting it right. Uh, what was the other one? There was another one, but I'm, I'm trying to remember off the head without going through everything. But here's this delay. He gets there, he waits, he chills, he waits, and he shows up days later, four days later, and now he's dead. And of course, I try to put myself in the mind frame of this family who was waiting for Jesus to come to prevent this death. Well, just think about this. Unlike a lot of us, they know that Jesus could prevent his death. They're not praying and hoping. They know that if he shows up, he will be healed. No question in their minds about this. When you think about this, when you're putting your faith out there for the things you believe in God for, there are people in certain areas, and even you in certain areas know, without question, God's going to meet me here. You may not have strong faith in one area, but in one area, you know for sure. Now, I'm not going to judge how many areas they knew, but I'm going to say in this area, they were confident that if Jesus showed up, Lazarus would be healed and Lazarus would be whole. And Jesus did not show up. He waited days to come. Now, we did this whole message not that long ago on the, the, the wise versions and the foolish versions. And the message was about when he don't show up when you expect them to, where's your faith? When do you have enough oil to hold out and wait for him to get there? The five foolish versions did not. They came with just enough oil to get them through the time of their expectation. The wise version said, I'm going to bring enough that if he doesn't show up when we expect him to, we are still ready. Some of you may have forgotten that point, but I have to bring that point back. How prepared are you if the Lord delays in his coming? Right. Wow. So here's a situation where he's coming later than they expected. Go to verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary, still in the house, sat still in the house. And then Martha, then said Martha unto the Lord, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, I can imagine that she didn't say, Lord, you know, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Just, 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 just saying, you know, I'm just saying. No, I'm sure she was frantic. She was emotional. She was heartbroken. Can you bear witness with me? Her brother just died. And Lord, if you had just come when we sent for you, this would not have been the situation. Now, I want you to pay attention to personality types. The original story of Martha and Mary still was showing itself true right here again. She heard Jesus is coming. She go running out to him to make sure she meet him before he even get to the house to put her complaint in. And what's Mary doing? Sitting and waiting on the Lord. I'm just going to sit here and wait. I'm going to sit in the house. 
I'm going to wait and I'm going to let the, the busy one go running out there, spouting a bunch of stuff off of her mouth and off of the top of her emotions that don't line up with the truth. I'm learning about myself even in this past year for sure that not to let attacks on my emotions get me outside of expectation. Yeah, it's one of those things I let you marinate with a little bit. I, I, I've gotten to the place that I've learned to stop letting things that upset my emotions make me forget what God has said. That's what attacks on the emotions are for. Look at this, look at this, look at this. And Jesus is right here moving, but <clears throat> I can't take my eye off of that. It's a distraction. Come to kill, steal, destroy. My attention, my focus, my faith, my word comes to destroy all of that. So she now in emotion again, same Martha, heard Jesus was coming and ran to meet him. Said to him, Lord, if you had been here, if you had done what I expected you to do, when I expect you to do it, things would have worked out right for me. Somebody say with me, sometime God don't show up on our clock. <laughs> sometimes he just don't. A lot, a lot of times more often than not, but he sometimes he just don't show up on our clock. Why? Because he's a faith God and his faith requires you to take a stand when all circumstances and situations speaks the opposite. Watch. So let me get to my point now. Well, all of that was my point, but let me get to the, the main point I want to get. So Jesus said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't die. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou ask God, he will give it to thee. So give her that. If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. However, I do believe you still can fix it. And Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. I know you can do whatever you want to do, even now. Jesus said he will rise again. Hallelujah. Whew. I just, I was hoping you would say that. No, she said, but he'll rise again in the resurrection. So she believed not believe. She kind of has faith kind of, but based still on logic, intellect, and emotion, and emotion, right? This is where the point gets deep. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I need you to understand this because because this is before the crucifixion and for his rising. He's foretelling. He's letting you know. Well, he'll rise in the resurrection. Well, she believed that part of what he taught because that goes against Jewish belief. And then she, he said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Watch this. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live and whoever, whoever, whosoever, whoever, whoever it may be, lives and believes in me, he shall never die. Do you believe this? She said unto him, yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ and the son of God, which should come to the world. 
And when she had said, she went her way and called her sister Mary secretly saying, stop. So Jesus, before they fully understood that he would be crucified, was laying the groundwork. I am the resurrection. And if you believe in me, or whoever does, you will die. Then he asked her, do you believe this? Are you listening to me? And in her affirmation of, yes, I do, she was able to walk away in peace. I can do the whole message on this and not read another verse, but I just want to put this in. Sometimes you can get off track and sometimes you can lose your way and sometimes pressure could come to make you doubt what God has said. But all, it, all you need to do is come back to the simple truth and the simple belief of this. Do you believe I can do this? Yes, Lord, I can. And then go about your business. Somebody needed that right now? Even if you lost your way, even if you, you lost faith, even the situations and circumstances made you question God's ability to do all he said he can do, it comes down to one question. This is who I said I am. Do you remember that? Yes. Do you believe that I can do this? Yes. Then go on about your business. Go and get your sister and do whatever you need to do, but you don't need to stay here crying and whining about how unfair things have been to you and how it just didn't go the way you thought it should. Could I get an amen for somebody? It's real. And this is what I'm learning about my daddy in this season in time. My father keeps showing me, listen, I told you what I can do. Why don't you just stay focused on that? I told you what I will do. And I'm going to tell you, when the storms are coming, sometimes it's hard to believe it, but it's still true. Let's move on, okay? Let's move on. So Jesus establishes right away, even while he's alive, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Not when it happens. I am. Even now, I am. So now, what happens? I got so much here, but I went a little longer than I want to, but let's go to Mark chapter nine. Mark chapter nine, verse 30. Let's go there. Okay, so here's where, here's where we start. Verse 30. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee. And he would not, any man should know it. For he taught the disciples saying unto them, the son of man is delivered into the hands of men and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, that he shall rise again on the third day. But they understood not what he was, what he was saying and they were afraid. I am the resurrection. And now he goes on and explains it 
a little bit more as he's walking with his disciples. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be killed. But I will rise again on the third day. Again, he's confirming to the disciples and to the people around him that resurrection power is in me. He's being more specific right now. What did Martha think? Maybe she thought, yeah, I know in the resurrection, you know, we're all going to die. And one day there will be a resurrection. Maybe hundreds of years from now, we'll all rise. I don't know what her mindset was at the time. So now Jesus is explaining it a little clearer to you. I am the resurrection right now. And there will be things that will happen that will throw you off to him. But I want you to rest assured that I still am who I say I am. I am the resurrection. Somebody say Jesus is the resurrection. Yes. I can go into, and he can resurrect your life, huh? And he can resurrect your home, huh? And he, listen, I'm laying a foundation down. Jesus always knew what he came to do, and he never second-guessed it. And I want us to get to the place that we understand that he knew, and he knows with you, and he knows the plan. And if you just stick with it and stay to it, He'll bring you to that finish line, but we're going to keep going. He is the resurrection. I'm talking about how high is free. Well, it doesn't get any higher than this. Let's keep going. Now I'm going to go, and I know you're not used to me jumping to scriptures back and forth like this. I used to get my verses and stay there, but no, not today. Not today. We got some verses today. Now go with me to Mark. Chapter 16. Let's go to Mark chapter 16. And I want you to really, really lock in with me on this one. Because it's a short chapter. But man, it's a powerful chapter. And I want to really bring this home. Today, we're going to do this whole chapter. Now, he said, I'm the resurrection to Martha. He told his disciples, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to, put to be put to death. Disciples were scared. You know the stories of the garden. They could, could you not stay with me? And why I prayed and they fell asleep and then they came to take them and Peter tried to cut the servant's ear off. And if you want to go through all of that, you can go through. Um, I had, let me see, I had in my notes. If you want to see all of that, um, 18, 19, 20, I think of Matthew, but let's, let's go here. So it's happened. What he's predicted has come to pass. Stay with me. One more time. I want to go nice and slow with this. I want to make sure we're on the same page. Ready? He came. He healed. Sight to the blind. Lame. Walking. Deaf. Hearing. Leprosy. Cleanse. On and on. 
not only just to his own, but remember even the woman that wasn't. He said, should I give the, the children's bread to a dog? She said, well, even the dog gets the crumbs that fall off the table. He was like, I like you. You get yours too. I need you to, <laughs> I need you to catch this. Jesus asked the question, my God. This is just really hitting me. Is it lawful to give the children's bread to the dogs? She said, they eat the crumbs. Jesus said, you know what? Don't take this, don't take this too far. But I, God of the universe, going to even break the law for you. Because he just said, it's, it's not lawful to give this to you. But because of your faith, I'm going to give it to you anyway. And thank God, because if he held to, is it lawful to give the children's bread to the dogs? None of us right here would be eating the children's bread. None of us. Jesus said, I supersede law, baby. If, if you come to me with the right heart and the right faith, I'll get it to you. What do you mean break the law? I don't mean he'll break the law and go rob a bank for you. I mean, but he'll break the natural laws of this earth to get to you what you need to have. He will supersede time, space, situation. I ain't got no degrees. I've been like this my whole life. I, he said, I can supersede all them laws. I can make time stand still to get you. I can go back in time and bless you and push you forward and you never know where it came from. See, this... <sighs> Huh. That's, let me just read the rest of this. I, huh. The Lord, the Lord can do it. The Lord can do it. I am in this season saying, God, help me take all these limits off of you that I've put on you. Help me see you bigger than my comprehension of what I've decided you are do my study with whatever my grade level of education is of the English Bible. Like help me see deeper than the constructs of my mind, how deep your resurrection power goes. Let's get, let's get with it. Mark 16, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James, and I think that's Salom Salome, bought spices that they may go to anoint Jesus's body. He said it was gonna happen. He told them, and here they are. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And they entered into the tomb and saw a young man dressed in a fine white robe sitting at the right side. And they were afraid or alarmed. Yes, I'm touching on all this stuff because this is where I'm bringing her home. God told you what was going to happen. He told you what he was going to do. He was the redeemer. 
that he would set you, set you free. He would heal your body. He would fix your life, your situations. And you got on the road to believe in him and some things happened that threw you off, knocked you off track. I had to sit down with the Lord recently and I'm not saying this to make anybody sad or to bring up anything, any emotions. But God sat me down the other day and said, you know, when your son passed away, you stood to the best of your ability and you didn't receive what you thought you stood for. And he said to me just a few days ago, can we talk about that? I'm like, God, that was 2000. That was 20 something years ago. I've, I've moved past that. And he said, no, you moved with it. You didn't move past it. You got over it, but you moved with it. He said, when it comes to my resurrection power in your life for you or anybody else, you still have that ache. You still carry it. He said, you don't have, you believe me for finances and you don't have any doubt or no problem with that. But when it comes to healing and when it comes to resurrection power in the area of that kind of thing, he said, son, you don't really believe that. You have something, a cog in your machine that you remember, I stood there and it didn't work. And can we talk about it? You know, I get real. And I'm not trying to get emotional. I'm not, that's not where I'm going. My point is, Whatever happened in the, in the Mary's and the Martha's lives that made them or made Mary, Martha unable just to just accept that what he said was, whatever the disciples had as history that made them question when he said, I am the resurrection that he really is, we learned to move on with it and say we're past it. And the Lord said, you're not past it. You got it in the backpack. You carry it with you. And whenever your faith is challenged in the area of resurrection in me, you hit a snag and you stop moving. Or you dance around it, you put on some praise music and you think about something else that you feel good about in your walk and you leave that stuff behind. In the power of resurrection, it's a total resurrection. In the ugly you, in the old you, in the weak you, in the scared you, all of those things have to be resurrected. And just because we learn to not talk about them or not get upset about them or not speak them out and, and, and let anybody know that they're still bondage doesn't mean that we're free. You just learn to live with the limp and you walk in a good way so that people don't even know it's a limp. They think you're just walking cool, but it's a limp. And God said to me, son, can we talk about the death of your son and the fact that you still walk with a doubt in me in this area of your life? And my response to God was, not really, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm just be honest, like, nah, we don't have to do that. You know, we good, we, we good. Let's keep it moving. He said, all right, we're going to have this conversation again. 
So I know I'm like, okay, we got to have this conversation. So now and I done told on myself again in front of all of y'all. So now you're now going to be praying for me that I have that conversation and get healed in that area. And I, that's why you put it out. Confess your force one to another that you might receive healing. I'm not afraid to expose my shortcomings like most people are out of pride. And that's why a lot of people don't get deliverances because their pride keeps them from sharing, you know, not to everybody, but who God tells you to. And pride comes before destruction and the Holy Spirit before fall. And so I'm even pride of, of, of sh sh pride induced by shame can't stay in my life. Okay. I'm, I'll leave that alone. So they went to the tomb and they said, who's going to move the stone? Automatically understanding, right? It took many soldiers to push the stone in front of the grave. And this is us two women. And when we get there, how are we going to remove the stone? And they got there and the stone was removed. I'm talking about resurrection power. They got there and the dilemma hit them, but God had already had preparation for the dilemma way before they even knew or understood what was going on. They still didn't understand the resurrection. They thought they were going to anoint a dead body. Oh, come on, somebody. They thought they were coming to deal with a situation that was ceased and desist and over with, and we're just going to adjust to it and work with it. We're going to, he did die, and he's gone, and we're going to just go take care of it. And there's situations in my life and your life that God brought up about my son where he's saying, yeah, you keep wanting to put oil on the body, but I've moved the stone already. It's not there. The situation is removed, but you still keep showing up at the tomb. Am I talking to anybody here? I'm going there figuring, well, this, this thing, God don't want to touch this because this is painful and this is a thing. And, then, and he said, no, 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 no. That stone has been rolled away. If you would get there and let me do what I do, the resurrection has taken place. Just trust me. I've gone ahead of you. I prepared a way and the resurrection is sure. So they see this being in white robe sitting at the right side and they were afraid. He said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, right? Yeah. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where he had, they had laid him? Now go tell the disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of them into Galilee and you will see him just as he told you. Wow. They're going to anoint a body that had told them that he wouldn't be there. And that when they came back expecting to still see him, they already knew he wouldn't be there because he told them. And they still expected a stone to be there. No, no, I don't, I don't think you're getting me. I'm going to talk about me. When God tells me to take on a challenge that's bigger than me, I have a tendency to go to that challenge expecting all these obstacles that I will have to face. But I can do all things through Christ who Jesus, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I get there and the Lord has already said, see, I don't even need 
Only strength I need in you is to believe. I already took care of that. Trust in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of the heart. Commit it to him and he will bring it to pass. There's a place that we get to in the resurrection that he does it. We just believe. Our part is to stand. Our part is to be filled with his word. Our part is to trust him. Our part is to go forward as what he said is done is done. I'm going to tell you a, a simple story once I finish this. Just remind me of the simple story that encouraged me so much. Okay, no, I'm going to tell it now. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to tell it right now. I'm going to tell it right now. Things that might not mean much to anybody, but it meant a lot to me. So last time I was there in New York, I had to fix the floor. There was a place on the floor where the, 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 the um, flooring separated and, and I knew what damage needed to be done, I needed to foul it. Anyway, Esther came over and said, yo, let me help, I wanna come help. And Esther, usually when I'm doing physical work, Esther likes to get in there, she likes to you know, help out. We get there, we work on the floor, we work on the floor and we finish up, Esther goes up, she changes, she says, all right, I'm gonna head home, all right, call me when you get home, walk her down to her car because she has something in the car she wanted me to take. And she took off. I went upstairs, I hear a phone ringing. I see, it's not my phone, it's Esther's phone. Esther left the phone. She's on the way home, she left the phone. And even though this may seem a small thing to people, it was huge to me. I picked up the phone and I said, God, make her realize that she left her phone and come back for it. And then it was like, but she can't call you and tell you she's coming back. She don't have the phone. And God said, if you believe what you said, go downstairs and stand on the corner and wait for her to come back. Okay, I'll give that a try. And I went downstairs and I walked out the building and I went right to the very corner, not by the door. I tried to stay in the lobby and God was like, I said, outside on the corner. It's cold out there. I sit outside on the corner. I walked to the corner and I stood there. And that wind started blowing, picking up a little bit. And I was like, wait a minute, man, I can sit in my car. It's parked right here. And I reached in my pocket, didn't have a car key. And he said, go upstairs and get the car key. God said, I told you to stay on the corner. If you said you, you said the prayer forward, you said you believe me. This is a simple thing. It's not even a big thing I'm asking. This is a simple thing. Stand here on the corner. Now I have on, I had on a t-shirt and a coat on top of the t-shirt. So it, it's cold. Now I'm standing there and I just can't move. I just, in my spirit, I believe I heard this. So a car pulls up, coming back, maybe about 10 minutes. Looks like her car, but then it keeps going. It, it didn't put on the turn signal. So I said, okay, it's not her. And the thoughts really come. It's getting cold. You need to go upstairs. And I'm like, I'm like, my face is like Flint. This may not sound like a big deal to you, but it was big to me. I, I was set on, if you believe what you prayed, then stay here. Small thing, but a big thing for me. Stood there in another two minutes, the car pulled up to the corner and the headlights flashed me. So now I know that's her. I know it's her. 
And she pulled up and she U-turned the car. And she had this big smile on her face. And she said, I was questioning if I get there, I don't have my phone. How am I going to call them? This and that, the other. And she said, as soon as I pulled up and saw you standing there, I knew you had my phone. And I walked over and I handed it to her and she went about her business. And that might have not have been a big deal to a lot of people. But one, it confirmed to me, even God cares about the smaller things like my phone. Then how much does he care about the big things like, okay, now, son, after that, I want to talk to you about this thing about you carrying this thing with your son where you can't really believe me like you need to because you're still walking around with that perceived failure that you cannot believe me to move for you in this area. He's resurrected. He is risen. And everything that goes up, goes up with him. And a couple of weeks ago, I said to you, we got to learn to pray up and stop praying to the earth, but pray to the heavens and let it come down. Instead of praying for God to come down and bless what's here, let's pray up and let him rain down. And I'm saying this again, he's risen. He's not in the earth. His power descends in the earth through us. Just go stand on the corner. Like, why am I standing on the corner? Because he told me to. And he told me to as a result of my faith. Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come. And he walked out on the water. Then he saw the waves and the wind. And then he started questioning Jesus' word, come walk with me. He, but he asked for it. Jesus didn't, say, Jesus didn't come to the boat and say, if you got faith, let me see some of y'all get out the boat. He asked for that. And as a result of that, he got a manifestation that's in the books for the rest of his life. And I just said, Lord, make us see that she don't have a phone and come back. I didn't know how far she got. But he said, well, if you believe that, go stand on the corner. If you believe that he's risen, then go stand where he told you to stand. If you believe that he's healed, then go stand where he told you to stand. Go act like it. Go ask, say, God, what should I do? Not what should man, not what the pastor said, but what would you like me to do to add works to my faith? You said faith without works is dead. I don't want to come up with a bunch of works and try to pretend I'm healed for other people to impress other men. I don't care what they think. But what say you, Lord? What would you have me do to represent that I stand by what you say? You said you would rise. Let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. So he told him, go ahead. He's just like he said, trembling and bewildered. The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Hmm. When Jesus arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven out seven demons, and she went and told those who had been with him and they were and they were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they didn't believe it. Wow. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to the two of them while they were walking in the country. And they returned and reported it to the rest. But they did not believe them either. Hmm. Later, Jesus appeared to 11 as they were eating and rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe on those who had seen him after he had risen. And this 
is the meat of the message. He told them, he told them he would die. He told them he would be resurrected. And, and, and even Martha back then said, well, I know in the resurrection. So whatever the picture was, it was smaller than the picture that Jesus was painting. Hmm. I am, I ain't talking about you, talking about me. I'm questioning myself. What is the Lord spoken over me that I've painted a smaller picture of and I keep expecting him to be somewhere amongst the dead when he's living and risen in my life and in this situation? I keep going there with my oil to anoint this situation and that situation isn't even there anymore. It's a powerful thing when we walk with God and we know what he wants for us. Watch this. So he comes in and he rebukes them, right? Because they, did, because they were stubborn and refused to believe those who had seen him. And he said unto them, and he said unto you, even after you were stubborn and refused to believe, Go you into the world and preach the gospel to all creation, the good news. Go preach the good news to everybody. What's the good news? What is the good news? That he's risen, that he died for me. And But it's a, another good news that I took from this that I think it, it matters to me. I don't care if anybody else agrees with me. The good news for me is that he keeps his word. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. He says he's going to rise from the dead. He's going to rise from the dead. If he told you he's going to raise your ashes and make beauty out of them, he's going to do it. If he's going to lift you up when you were down, if he's going to, you know, uh, for your shame, sevenfold glory, all of that stuff that he said, if he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. All I need to do is believe it. And how do I believe it? Here's how he rebuked them. Rebuked him for not believing, and he said, here's how you fix it. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe is condemned. Watch this, watch this, this is deep. And these are the signs that will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak with new tongues. This is, again, a promise he's making that I hope that we're living up to. They will pick up snakes in their hands and they will drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them. Not intentionally. It will not hurt them at all. And they will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. This is the promise again. No, now I want to make sure you understand this. Come on, Lord, help me bring this home. He promised them that he was the resurrection. Then he promised them that he would be betrayed and die, but he would raise. He did everything he said, and now he's there and he's making another promise that we still treat like the disciples treated his promise of dying and being raised. And the promise was, watch this, that you go and preach the gospel and these signs will follow you. You go and preach the gospel and these signs will follow you. I had to come to a realization at one point in my life that trying to go to people and speak, preach healing to them without preaching the gospel is why a lot of people don't get healed. The healing's in the gospel, not in me laying hands. 
But I laid hands on this person. Did you preach the gospel? And these signs will follow those who believe. Oh. Oh. Watch this. They will pick up snakes in their hands, and if they drink any poison, it will not hurt them. Not at all. And they will place their hands on the sick, and they will get well. And after being rebuked for not believing, listen, after them messing it all up all this time and not believing anybody, after the Lord has spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And the disciples went. Somebody say they went. They didn't stay. They went out preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming his word by the signs that accompanied them. So now here we got where we bring it home. He's risen. We believe that. But then he gave us an instruction and the signs followed the word. The signs didn't follow the laying on the hands. The signs didn't follow the confessions and the claimings. The signs followed, they went for it, preaching the word and the word went with them, working with them and confirming the signs as the word was preached. I'm saying to you, he is risen. He died for me and you. That death on the cross was significant. He paid a price that we can have what we, he has and the works that he does, we can do also in great works. But the word works when you use the word. I got faith, I believe. But he said it follows the word. I've come to the realization that I could use a little more word in my conversations than I have. I can I could preach more the word and less the promises and it'll still work. Because those who believe and believe on the Lord saved. Let us go back to the cross. Let us go back to the resurrection. Let us go back to the true meaning of why we're in this walk. We're not in this walk to be praying for God to keep doing stuff for us to make us happy. He said he would seek the kingdom of God and these things would be added. But our goal here is very clear. Go out there in the world and preach the gospel. If you drink poison and you die, even accidentally, well, I can't speak to that other than, are you preaching the word? Are you going out there and giving the word to every soul that's willing to hear it? I don't mean stand on the train with a megaphone and try to you know, tick people off unless that's an instruction from God. But what I am saying is this, we have a responsibility to share the gospel. The world we live in now makes it very embarrassing and uncomfortable to do. If I shared the gospel as much as I shared Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, some souls might have got saved. I'm just saying, I shared that. We got on the phone, we talked about it, we had a a meeting, we had meetings and intercession and all kind of stuff about that. 
God showed me the powers in preaching the word. I'm not here to shame you. I'm here to help you. Your power comes from you preaching the word. And if you're not seeing power in your life, then you're not preaching the cross anymore. You're not preaching the resurrection anymore. You're not sharing the power of God anymore. And you don't have to try to convert them. You can just share him in your life and your understanding, your experience. And you'll get to the situation and you'll find that the stone has been rolled away. That those people here are healed. You lay hands on them after they've received already and they'll recover. And the power is in your lips. And that is this, the resurrection power that Jesus died for. Like I said, we can talk about how he was beaten, how bloody he was and all that stuff. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about as a result of that, what did he leave us? Power over serpents and scorpions. And you can walk over Satan and all of his powers. And there's no poison and no snakes that can stop you and slow you down. And you can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. And you can do all these great things. And they went forward doing what he said, speaking that word and the signs accompanied them. And they will accompany you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth, again, of your word, always bringing us back home. I pray for everybody here who's taken something like I have and stuffed it into a backpack and just decided to just keep it out of my sight so I don't deal with it. But it's limited me or handicapped me from believing you in a way that I could believe you. Repent to you and we repent to you. And we say, Father, expose us, expose us to every and anything that the enemy is using to keep us out of your perfect will and out of your full power and your full dominion. And let us go forward and continue to share the gospel, to share the good news, to talk about what the Lord has done for us in the manifestation, and then to expect, based on that, that all your promises are yea and amen. And we don't have to panic or fret about anything because it's in your care. And we thank you that we are victorious in all things. Step by step, we'll walk this out with you. In Jesus' name, amen.